Welcome back to the Grace and the Adventure of Leadership podcast. Now, the hope of this podcast is to cultivate church leadership, which is fueled by and formed by the glorious realities of the gospel. I'm here, I'm Riley Spring, I'm here with Dave Taylor. Hello. And in the last episode, we kind of introduced you to our, you know, our hope for the podcast, what we're trying to get done, that really we're trying to see how does the, the gospel shape leadership? Not primarily books and um, you know, successful churches, but what are the dynamics of what God has to say in his holy word about who we are meant to be as leaders? But we're aware that you don't know us and you don't know our stories and um, it's hard to just listen to someone who you don't have any background or context in and, and want to actually learn from them. Um, it takes great humility if you can. Um, <laughs> but what we're going to do today is actually dive into grace and our adventure of leadership. Now, what, what adventure have we been on as leaders and how has the Lord been at work um, by his marvelous grace? So Dave, why don't you kick things off and mm. let us into your adventure a little bit. I might jump in and interrupt mm. you and, and ask you questions or pause on a moment and then maybe I'll, if there's time, I'll, I'll share mine at the end as well. Mm. Interrupt away. Yeah, I, I, I mean, my adventure has been a wonderful adventure. I've enjoyed the adventure. It is still a surprising adventure for me um, that I am... A Christian at all, let alone a pastor. <laughs> Let's just stop there. <laughs> I can't believe I'm a Christian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, but it's true. I, I still am surprised mm. that I'm a Christian. I'm still humbled by that. I'm still grateful by that. I don't feel like being a pastor is the pinnacle of my life. Mm. I feel like being a Christian is the pinnacle of my life. And being a pastor is just what I get to do um, for the glory of the Lord, which I enjoy. I became a pastor uh, some 20, 21 years ago now, I think. How old, how old 24. were you? 24. Yeah, so 24. I went to the pastor's pastor. college in the States. <laughs> yeah, I was very young. I uh, went to pastor's college in the States for the year. In fact, Emma and I got married in April 2000 and then moved to America in August of the same year. Wow. Yeah, we'd been married just a few months, moved in with a family, had a profound effect on our lives, both the college and the family. I came back to Christchurch, which is my sending church. The way the pastor's college works for us is you get sent by a local church, pastors that do believe mm. you're called to ministry. You then go back to that church that is sending you. And I served there as an intern for two years um, and thoroughly enjoyed that and um, the whole time being trained by Pete Reasley and Pete Bowley. And I then, this is, just to interrupt, this yeah. is Sovereign Grace Pastors College, right? <clears throat> That's right, yeah. Yeah, I think it was called PDI back then, if I recall. But, People uh, of Destiny oh, we International. Were, yeah, just real humble. It's a great name. <laughs> it's a humbling name. We we, yeah, it's such a humbling, it's a humbling as you look back. Uh, but yeah, Sovereign Grace Pastors College. And then went back, interned for two years, and then became a full-time pastor. Um, and I was the executive pastor there, which in UK terms and Sovereign Grace terms doesn't mean primarily i'm doing the administration right it more meant oh, probably in australian terms you're like the assistant senior pastor i guess if the senior pastor is not available for something you're on and the day-to-day -day running of the team was all me so i was the other preacher and mm -hmm. worship leader uh, did youth ministry uh, did young adults ministry I, I loved it i did it and i honestly thought we would be there for the rest of our lives in terms of our adventure you know we're british i thought we'd be there Forever, we probably would have stayed in Christchurch forever, which is mm. where we were. Had no plan of doing anything else in 
any shape or form. And I think at some point, potentially, I would have likely have become the senior pastor of that church um, when the, the pastor at the time would have retired. And that would have been great. But about 12 years ago, or maybe it's 13 years ago now, or maybe 14, Actually, it was yeah. certainly a long time ago, a young man from Sydney approached Sovereign Grace about would we plant a church in Australia. Mm. CJ Mahaney was our founder and, and leader of Sovereign Grace at that time, and he politely wrote back and thanked um, Mike Paslich's name, is <laughs> thanked Mike for his email. Um, was deeply encouraged by his email and there's no way we're going to be planting into Australia. It's just too far. And because of the way Sovereign Grace thinks where it's family and we want to be able to serve and care, it's like, how would we possibly do that? But if you meet Mike, you discover that Mike is not a man that takes no for an answer. (laughs) So he just carries on. And eventually he just moved to America to really beat the system. (laughs) And so he ended up... You can't say no if I'm on your doorstep. No, exactly. I've arrived at your door. And so he actually did an internship in a Sovereign Grace church there and then ended up at Pastors College. And during Pastors College, uh, I got to know Mike a little bit and he decided that he would come to the UK to do the final part of his internship with us in the UK. And partly because culturally it's a little bit closer to Australia than, than the United States is. Well, during that year, part of my responsibility was to help Mike prepare for planting in Sydney. But also for him to work out, is this definitely what you feel God calling you to do? He wasn't totally sure. And during that year, it became apparent both to Mike and to us that, hey, I don't think the Lord is actually calling you to plant a church in Sydney. I don't think he's necessarily given you all the gifts needed Mm. to do that. And he was very humble, very gracious and completely agreed. It's amazing. That I don't think I'm the one. But by this time, there was already a lot of interest in Sovereign Grace coming uh, for various reasons. And so the Lord, um, through a long series of events, put on our heart to come, which was without doubt and suddenly. That had not been the plan of our lives. We were totally set up, 34 years old, to stay in in Wales forever. Mm. We were very content. In a great church, great ministry. Great church, great group of pastors. Most of my family were in that church. Um, Church was thriving. It was a happy place. Mm. Still is a happy place. Well, I was out for breakfast one morning with my wife. She's never mentioned Australia before, neither have I. And she was just asking about Mike, and I was explaining that it doesn't look like he's going to be planting the church there in Australia. And she said, well, what type of guy would be needed to go? And so I go to preacher mode. I start explaining all the gifts that would probably be needed to plant a church. And she said, well, you sound like that type of guy, and laughed. And I laughed. <laughs> Nervous laugh. Yeah, it was. And we both laughed. But I could take you back to that very table. And that we sat, I still remember it vividly. And we both stopped laughing and looked at each other. We didn't even say anything. But I think we both knew at that moment, I think the Lord's calling us to go to Australia, darling. It was off the charts. Mm. To the point where I remember us leaving that table and going back to our car and actually already starting to deal with, what would we even say to our parents? Or what do we say (laughs) to our pastor at the minute? What's that going to... It was just so bizarre. And so we actually agreed that, look, let's just sit on this and pray about it for, for a matter of weeks, which is what we did. We didn't tell a soul. And then we went to see, I, I went to speak to our senior pastor, my friend Pete Greasley, explained what I felt the Lord had put on our heart. I mean, I'm not assuming that we're seeing things with 2020 vision. I want to get counsel. I want to get thoughts. So I, I talked to him about what we felt the Lord might have put on our hearts. And he said, thank you so much. 
there's no way you can go. <laughs> <laughs> we need you here and our plans for the future. And we were actually pretty comfortable with that, Riley, to be honest. It was like, well, maybe the Lord is stirring something in our hearts. Maybe he's not. Maybe for some reason we might fancy a change ourselves. I don't know. We really trusted Pete and loved Pete and still do. And he said as he left my office that day, he's like, look, I think it's a no, but I will pray about it. Mm. And for three months, we left it with him. We didn't do a thing. We carried on chatting about it as a couple, but we didn't do a thing. And, and eventually Pete came back. Actually, the day after an MRI, we talked about it again. And she was saying, do you think we should go speak to Pete? And we decided we won't. The very next day, he comes knocking on my door. I said, where are you at with Australia now? I explained where we were at. He said, I, I cannot fight the Lord on this anymore. Wow. You need to be going to Australia. I believe that is the will of God for you. So we did. It was 18 months later that we moved to Australia, planted Sovereign Grace Church, Sydney. Um, It wasn't a walk in the park as an Englishman to come to Mm. Australia and plant into a culture that is quite similar to my own. But I understand it more now, 11 years on, but at the time it didn't. It is different. There are differences. But have seen the grace of God in it very kindly it has been an adventure mm. uh, many times, many, many times where I've thought I am the wrong man in the wrong place at the wrong time. But many times, on the other hand, where I shake my head in disbelief, I get to do this and very grateful for the Lord that I just get to be a part. Yeah. I say to the church often, and I mean it, I look forward to the day when we retire, we sit at the back and I will be the biggest fans yep. of what they're doing. I'm so thrilled to be a part more than being excited about the part I get to play. And, mm. and obviously, over some years ago, we met you. Yeah. You walked <laughs> in, and why don't you tell us a bit about your story, your adventure? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just so grateful to the Lord that he brought you, and I've told you this many times, but he brought you guys over because my wife, Maddie, and I, we owe so much of you know what we do in our life to how you and um, you have pastored me and um, your wife, Emma, has <laughs> helped my wife, Maddie. And so we're grateful. It was Pleasure. the Lord's will. I can confirm that because <laughs> it helped me. So it is confirmed it is today. Confirmed. Um, yeah, so for me, I, I I became, as I was sharing the other episode, crushed, or like convicted of my sin when I was about 16. And around about the same time when the gospel became glorious, I just was like, I want to tell everyone. Um, and so even when I did my year 10 work experience, which is something all year 10 students do in New South Wales, I did it with my youth minister. And so I went along with him to Bible college and preached some sermons and stuff like that. And we had a bit of a fun with it. We were kind of joking around that I was this guest speaker and he would introduce me as Chuck Spring, the American. <laughs> and no one else laughed, uh, but, but we knew what was going on. We thought it was funny. Uh, and so even from that point in year 10, I had this sense of like, this calling, this desire, at least to to preach. Really, that would be mm. what I felt was my primary calling mm. was to preach the word. And so I just went about doing that when I could and, and just served in my local church and kids ministry and youth ministry. I started listening to um, a lot of Mark Driscoll and uh, he influenced me. Um, like many young men like in your generation. Men, and I'm grateful <laughs> for his influence uh, yeah. and his ministry. He yeah. kind of helped me to have this... Um, desire to grow up and be a man he's like you know yeah and he often used to say his story and i think because i liked him i wanted to imitate him and his story was like you know get saved you know get married have kids plant a church and i was like okay let's do that <laughs> uh, not really understanding kind of all that that would involve but mm. i soon got married and then we soon had kids mm. uh, and at every juncture in my life i wanted to go to bible college so that i could become a minister 
and I kind of had this idea that it was really not because I actually, to be honest, that I really wanted the study. I just wanted the credential, I think. I wanted mm. the passport into ministry. Mm. And I had this kind of sense of like, I already feel called. I already maybe think I'm probably all right to go ahead and go and do it. Uh, maybe I need some training, but it wasn't really a big factor. By God's grace, every time I asked people and sought counsel, they were like, no, no, just just wait. Uh, and so I did an economics degree and then finished that. Like, no, just wait. So I did a teaching degree. And halfway through that, I was like, I want to quit and go to Bible college. Like, no, just wait, get some life experience. I was like, oh, all right, okay. And by God's grace, I, I took a job as a teacher um, in, in Hornsby at this great private school up there. And when I got that job, I met this guy called uh, Simon Walker, who I also host another podcast oh, with. Oh, he he's a podcast celebrity. <laughs> Calling, but you have just given our podcast such credit yeah, yeah, yeah. by saying his name. Yeah. Uh, oh, we, wow. we have a podcast called The Following Jesus Podcast, by the way, if you want to. Yeah. With Simon Simon Walker, Walker, the main deal. Anyway, I met Simon. He just joined Sovereign Grace Sydney. And I'd known about Sovereign Grace. I'd heard. I used to listen to CJ sermons. I used to laugh and cry along. And I love their passion for the gospel. And so when my wife and I heard that there was one in our area, literally five minutes walk from our house, Mm -hmm. we were like, we're we're visiting. We visited. Within five minutes, we were like, this is where we want to be. You know, they love Jesus. They showed it passionately. Mm. Um, it was clear gospel-centered teaching, even on, it was on money. It was on generosity, oh, but really? it was rooted in the gospel. And mm. we love that. And so when we joined the church, I we just had our first daughter, Evie, and we started hanging out. And I just said, hey, look, I feel this calling to maybe, you know, be a pastor, plant a church. And, you know, okay, let, let's hang out. And so we just started hanging out from that point and progressively got more and more time with you. You gave me some ministry opportunities like leading youth. And and we still had this sense of like, maybe God's calling me to plant a church. Mm. And although my wife was freaked out by the idea and reluctant <laughs> because of, I think she understood both how hard it would be and my weaknesses more than I did. Right. She was brave enough and willing enough to go along. And so you guys sent me off to America to the Southern Grace Pastors College, and that year changed our life. You know, spending a whole year under God's word and being pastored full time by you know guys yeah. like C.J. Mahaney, yeah. Bob Coughlin, Gary Rickucci, yeah. Jeff Perswell, yeah. these these heroes and giants, yeah. as well as the community we were in. And over that time, my even though you guys had modelled what pastoral ministry is, for some reason I still had this like success mentality and this business mm. mentality and this mega church mentality. And it wasn't until I was at pastor's college that all that I'd seen in you guys clicked into theological yeah. perspective. And I went, Oh, pastoral ministry is shepherding the flock of God. Yes. Not building this epic empire or anything like that. It's a, a sheep looking at like an under shepherd looking after these precious little sheep with the word of God as the, yep. the great jewel, the great nourishment, the only answer. Uh, and I, I went from just wanting to sort of plant a church, I think for my own glory, really, mm. to just being humbled at like, oh, if I would have the privilege of serving God's you know, blood-bought people with the rest of my life, that would be just incredible. Uh, and that was just the Lord's grace to open my eyes to see that and kind of put all those pieces together. Excellent. And so I came back and by God's grace, we ended up being sent out by you guys with so much support, so mm-hmm. much, so many great people, a lot of money. And we planted a church in Parramatta, you which can come back now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ever think that I kind of feel like 
All right, planted We're the done. church. I'm done. Yep. <laughs> I did my Work. bit. Bring them all back. Bring would, them all back. Would, and, and that's the great thing about how we planted the church is I would happily go back and join yeah. you guys. We'd like We didn't leave because yeah. we were like, oh, we need to start right. our own right. thing. It's like, hey, I'd go back today if, if you wanted me. I'd yeah. come back. And, yeah. um, and so my adventure so far has been just the Lord protecting me from myself. I'm so glad he didn't give me what he what I wanted, which was yeah. to be famous and big and popular. But he gave me, you know, a great church, a great family to be a yeah. part of, a family to submit myself to, um, to pastor not alone, but with a group of men who will hold me to account. Yes. Uh, and are just friends we need that. as well. Yeah. And as a result, our life, our marriage, our parenting has changed. And so I'm only very fresh in the really the formal part of the adventure a year and a half into planting a church mm. uh, and i know that i've seen you pastor for long enough to know that there are very mm. high ups and very low <laughs> downs uh, mm. and so i'm glad that i don't have to do it on my own as and, i go um, through the me adventure too. Oh, me too goodness i well, don't i don't know how people do it alone yes i could not do it alone it's never been my experience in fact even when we planted in australia i was not alone mm. you know we had so much contact from guys overseas that were caring for us and bothered for us and you know i don't know how people pastor alone very yeah, great i can't imagine doing it either yeah. um and if you are someone who is pastoring alone you know part of you know this podcast it, it's sponsored by sovereign grace churches australia uh the main it's not the main aim of this podcast it's the main aim is just to kind of teach some content and ex- explore some ideas but if you are interested in finding a family of churches which is gospel-centered, reformed, charismatic, complementarian, and seeking to do church as family and denomination as family, yeah. then jump on our website, sovereigngrace.com, and hit us up, say hi, and we'll we'll chat back to you. And and um, Riley start loves a to chat in particular. Yeah, address all content to Riley. Yeah. He will he will love yeah, it. You can you can say hi to me. All the hard questions for Dave. We'll take that. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us. I hope that's helped you to get a bit of an idea of our adventure. Uh, It's all of grace. It's all for the glory of God. And still, we genuinely are just pinching ourselves that we get paid to do this. It's it's almost, I think CJ says, it's a bit criminal. It's criminal. But we'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, see you guys.